Tonight, night one of WrestleMania. Overall thoughts before we get into the main show. Oh, this would be hilarious if the video game froze. Um, I thought this was a really good show. And I tweeted out earlier, I was having some issues with the stream that um, resolved itself, I guess, as the, um, as the, the night went on a little bit. Uh, for those who are watching the Twitch stream, apparently I was muted. Uh, I am not anymore, so we are good now. Um, so, yeah, for um, for WrestleMania, I thought this was, just overall, I thought this was a really good show. I, I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed this overall. And obviously the ending adds to it a little bit more than, um, than, than maybe it should, but I mean, if you're, like, a lot of shows are judged off of the main event, but I thought there was match quality. I thought we had some surprises that I, th I think a lot of people knew about, um, which I guess doesn't make it a surprise then. But we had the big reveal. We had, yeah, just, I thought it had a little bit of everything. So, let's get into it. Uh, the night starts with the Usos, uh, who, for those watching on the Twitch stream, pop up right now. Uh, they defeat Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. The finish comes at 6.55 to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, clearly a monumental victory for the Usos. It, it was unfortunate as Rick Boogs legitimately gets injured. They said he tore his quadriceps patella, which I think are two different things. I think the, the, the one attaches to the other, but I don't think you can tear both of them. Uh, but either way, something is torn and needs to be d d untorn, I guess. So uh, that will be fixed at some point. But Rick Booz is going to be out for a while. So it felt like that match never really got into second gear, which was a little bit unfortunate. I, I think overall the right team won with this in Shinsuke Nakamura. You get the big entrance. He gets to come out on a big stage. And now we'll see what the plan is with Shinsuke going forward. Um... I I think the guy drips star power. I, I, I still think that there is a superstar in Shinsuke Nakamura. We've seen it for too long in New Japan for him to not be a superstar in uh, in WWE. Like, it, it's just... I, I think that there is another level that they can use him. And we've talked about before on the podcast about how this is a company that has a desperate need for a babyface to rise up and we saw one and he he is on the the screen now in in Big E he he was able to to break through not to the level that I think a lot of us wanted him to um and probably not to the level that he would have wanted to but um and obviously that's not going to be the case now for a while as he's out with a broken neck but I think Shinsuke in this kind of new season of WWE needs to be someone that they they focus on I think going forward and for the Usos they're the best tag team or one of them in WWE right now and so to continue with them as the champions I have absolutely no issue with next it was Drew McIntyre against Happy Corbin uh, the finish comes at 8:35 this was honestly one of the more enjoyable Happy Corbin matches I've experienced I thought that they, they, the crowd bit on one near fall and no one thought Happy Corbin was going to win this. I have the stats to prove it with the WrestleMania Pick'em Contest. Uh, no one, no one was putting a whole lot on Happy Corbin going into that one. If anyone was picking Corbin, it was high up there. Um, so 
Uh, but they, they got the crowd to bite. They, they did. They, they got the crowd thinking that Happy Corbin could win this match. But overall, Drew McIntyre comes out of this looking strong. They build him up really strong on commentary. He felt like the biggest dude on the show. And I, I thought just an excellent, excellent job of working things there with, with Drew McIntyre. My one thing about this show is that that match started at 6.33. We were half an hour in and we were only at the second match. And we lose the New Day match. Um in this thing because of timing issues. And it just felt like there maybe could have been a bit better pacing than having one six minute match in the first 33 minutes of the program. We got a lot of video packages tonight, which is fine. Like this is going to be one of your big, biggest audiences of the year. You're setting up for night two as well. Like you're, you're WWE, you're, you're building, building, always building, selling, selling, always selling. So um, I, I didn't think that was like too much of a distraction, but when you are cutting out a match for time purposes, you, you, you nitpick some of these things. Up next, it was The Miz and Logan Paul. They defeat the Mysterios at 11.15 in a tag match. I thought this was good. I mean, the crowd got into it. You have the heat-seeking missile that is Logan Paul. We've talked about before, remarkably hateable individual. Just... It comes across, it is such a natural desire to just hate him and to see him, whether it be um, real combat or simulated, to see him get hit in the face just brings me joy. It makes me happy as a human to see him get hit as another human. What's that say about me? Who's to say? But um, I was a little surprised that The Miz and Logan Paul did end up getting the win. In this, I mean, we send the crowd home happy later on tonight, and um, I guess up to this point, we had one babyface win, one heel win, so it, it could have gone either way, but overall, it, it was fine. The Miz with a turn on Logan Paul after, I don't think this is the start of a miraculous Miz babyface run. I think this was just, Miz is sticking around after, let's get him a thing at the end of this over Logan Paul, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Logan Paul again around SummerSlam time. They have um, Money in the Bank coming to Vegas in July, I think it is, um, and they're going to the football stadium. So maybe maybe Logan Paul just shows up at every big stadium show that the, the WWE ends up doing. But overall, it was fine uh, for, for what it was. Again, the crowd was very much into it, and you got the moment. With the Mysterios hitting the double 619, I thought that was really, really cool. And, it, like, I don't think either way, the Mysterios aren't going to be devastated by this loss now because they didn't get their win at WrestleMania. I think Rey Mysterio's career is probably going to end up being fine. Uh, for those watching on the Twitch stream, Kevin Owens is coming down now, one of the stars of the, the show tonight. Up next, it was the Raw Women's Championship. I would suggest the match of the night goes 19-10. Bianca defeats Becky Lynch. They started this match like everyone had their finishers all filled up on the, the WWE video game here. Like, they, they came out firing in this contest, and I thought it was I thought it was great. I, I thought it was an excellent match. Again, you had the crowd biting on a lot of near falls. I thought it did a great job of getting Bianca to like show like I am on this level. I, I am at the level that you need me to get to to be on Becky Lynch's level. Um, that's saying level a lot all at the same time. But I think that it's frustrating that they needed this night to get Bianca back to the point that she was at before. 
SummerSlam. You know, like that that's that's not what WrestleMania should one WrestleMania moment should be enough to, to be able to, to get a person back to that top level. That wasn't the case here. They I think they did some real big damage with how they treated um that Becky return. And I, I've I've said it before on this show. I, I said it while watching the show tonight. It is unfortunate that this company went from having two remarkably over babyface characters to having no remarkably over babyface characters in that situation. I think they come out of it like Bianca feels like a superstar. She just does, right? So great match. It accomplishes what it needed to accomplish. And now I think you move forward as Bianca is a legitimate main eventer on Monday Night Raw. Then it was the surprise. Seth Rollins taking on question mark, question mark, question mark. We all assumed this was the way it was going to be going. They delayed, they delayed, and then we got full AEW Cody Rhodes. It was the wrestling has more than one royal family. And it was the that, and it was the cheesy song, and it was the coming up from the ground, and the stupid neck tattoo, which I, I think it was Queen of the Ring on Twitter, said I think it got bigger, and I think it did. I think they covered up the old tattoo with a bigger version of the old tattoo. <laughs> it kind of looked like that. Um, I said on Twitter, the only difference between this Cody Rhodes and AEW Cody Rhodes is this, uh, this Cody Rhodes got cheered. People actually enjoyed seeing Cody Rhodes out there. This match was great. I thought this was a really, really good match. You had the, um, I guess, prerequisite Cody tributes to the past, whether it be the Stardust cartwheel or the the bionic elbow with Dusty. You, you had those things included. You had a couple of moments where it felt like Seth was going to win this. Um, I, I thought this was a really, really good match. And I said after, this felt like where Cody was supposed to be, you know? And we've talked for a bit on, on Couch Potato Diary on the podcast that comes out Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. It has not, for a bit, Cody didn't feel like part of AEW. And I get, like, literally he wasn't a part of AEW for the last little bit. But for the last few weeks and few months of Cody's run in AEW, he never really felt like he was a part of the show. It never really felt like he was a guy who was like there was AEW Dynamite and then there was everyone else. Um, or sorry, there was AEW Dynamite and then there was Cody. There was Cody and then there was everyone else. I, I kind of mixed the two things there, but it um it just it never felt like Cody it never felt like Cody fit in with AEW, right? Like it never really felt like he fully was a part of things. And now in WWE, he feels like, pardon the, the tie-in with the Jericho feud, he feels like a sports entertainer. Like, he feels like a WWE guy. And so, I think this run is going to be really good for him. I think the thing he needed in AEW was an editor. I think WWE is going to provide him with that. I think he is automatically one of the best workers in this company. I know that's a bit of a controversial take. But overall, I think Cody... I, I think it just fits here with Seth freaking Rollins. Um, bit of a surprise in the SmackDown Women's Championship match as Charlotte Flair defeats Ronda Rousey to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. The finish comes at 18.30. There's some shenanigans and tomfoolery involved. And because of that, um, I think this is a feud that's going to, to continue. But for a crowd that was there for most of the night, announced at about 77,000, for a crowd that was there for most of the night, they, I don't want to say they turned on this match because they weren't booing. They just were quiet 
for this match. It was it was very, very silent for long stretches of this women's championship match. They got going towards the end, but it was a bit of a surprise, like, oh shit, we're done. When when Charlotte got the win over Ronda Rousey. They started to pick up with a couple of spots where um, Ronda had the ankle lock locked in and the crowd was starting to get behind Ronda a little bit. And I actually think, just thinking about it now, I actually think that Charlotte winning is maybe the best move. Because I think if Ronda wins, there's no journey, there's no chase, there's just kind of an, okay, yeah, Ronda won. But I think now, because she was so close and had it taken away from her, and now you continue that chase and you continue to, to chase after the dastardly villain that is Charlotte Flair, I think this is going to do really well to get that WWE fan base behind Ronda a little bit more. And it just doesn't seem like they've accepted her all the way yet. I, I think this will... I don't think this will hurt in that. If they're ever going to accept her, that this will be the, the feud that they accept her in. And then in the main event, just now, Stone Cold Steve Austin wins a no-holds-barred match over Kevin Owens at 13.55. Was this a five-star classic? No. Was this Stone Cold Steve Austin's best match of his career? No. Was this fucking amazing? Yes, it was. I loved every bit of it. And people saying, oh, Stone Cold looking a little bit slow to start. A, a fucking course he does, he's almost 60. B, this is someone who understands he can't go at that breakneck pace. And I think there is a segment of the audience that maybe thinks that because of all the clips we've seen of Stone Cold over the last 19 years, where it's just, it's fast paced, it's quick cuts, it's Kid Rock, it's bah, what about a bang, a bang, like you, you think, oh shit, that's how this guy wrestled all the time. And for the most part, it was. But he didn't just have the turbo button hit the whole time, that there were ebbs and flows to his matches. And he recognized that he had that crowd in the palm of his hands. And so the slow stomps won. Two. Three, I think we're building the crowd into it and also getting him warmed up. He hasn't done this in a long time. And I, I thought he got better as the match went on, which is all you can ask from a performer. And I, I thought it was great. I thought it hit every bit of nostalgia that it was supposed to hit. And in the end, Stone Cold is the one who comes away with the victory. He had his working boots on. He was taking bumps out on the floor. Um, he said, I could have my last match in Texas. So that... Uh, I think kind of sums up where this is going to go. Some people wondering, hey, are we going to get like a, a legitimate Stone Cold Steve Austin run? Could we see Stone Cold Steve Austin in kind of the Goldberg role where he comes back at Saudi Arabia and maybe challenges for a title and da 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 If The Rock is legitimately coming back, I think it would be fun to have those guys have somewhat of an interaction. But if Stone Cold wants to have his last match in Dallas, Texas, then by God, let's have Stone Cold Steve Austin have his last match be in Dallas, Texas. I thought it was great. I thought, like I said, I thought it hit every, every enjoy, uh, every, every mark that it was supposed to hit, they hit. And they did so, I thought, perfectly. I thought the buildup was excellent. I thought Kevin Owens was really, really fun and really, really entertaining. I thought Stone Cold Steve Austin calling him a sack of shit was hilarious. And I think the whole, the, the whole thing was what it absolutely 100% needed to be. Uh, so for the podcast people, this is where I will bid you adieu. And we will talk after night two. For the people who are just watching on Twitch, let's have some fun and uh, stream a Stone Cold Steve Austin match, shall we? So uh, yeah, the podcast is done. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Yeah.